The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one, welcome all. It is the greatest crossover event ever attempted and ever landed in the history of mankind. The NFC East Mixtape brought to you by Blog of the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogshaven, Big Blue View, all four NFC East properties at SB Nation. I am RJ Cho from Blog of the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. BLG, happy Tuesday, the ultimate Tuesday to you, my friend. I was just going to bring this up if you didn't, because I feel like this is something you would like that you would mention. Um, I would argue that Tuesday is the worst day of the week. Um, so what we're talking about, by the way, and we do record this on Tuesdays, just to you know pull back the curtain. Uh, we release it on Wednesday mornings. Um, today is February 22nd, 2022. So it looks like 2-22-22. At 2-22 and 22 seconds, it will obviously be even cooler. Um yeah, Tuesday is like the hardest day in my household. My wife and I both work from home, and so we both have a lot going on. So we already juggle the dog, and Tuesday's trash day, so we deal with the trash truck. And now we have our son, and so like Tuesday's a difficult day to land, if I'm being honest with you. So um, it's a cool little thing, but I mean, I, I'm ready for Wednesday. It's really all I'm saying. How do you power rank the days of the week? Ooh, if you had to um, rank all seven? Because I have a strong opinion on this, and my number one will shock you. Um, I could see, I, I think Thursday is the best day because Thursday, oh my gosh. I can't, why, why are you going to agree with me on this? This is what I was going to say. <laughs> Thursday is, is cool. Cause you, you're past the hump and it, it kind of has like weekend vibes. Sometimes something weekendy is happening. Sometimes you start vacations on a Thursday or something like that. There's Thursday night football in the fall. Like it's a very fally sort of day. Um, I would say Saturday is number two. Um, Friday's number three. Sunday number four, you deal with the like the Sunday scares that people talk about. Mm. Um, Wednesday number five, again hump day. Monday six and Tuesday seven. I agree with those rankings almost. I think completely. <laughs> um, Thursday is the best to me because it's all about anticipation, and I think it's about you know thinking about like oh wow you know an exciting weekend to come i think that's that's there's something to that as opposed to when you're in the moment like the idea of something can be sometimes better than the actual you know execution Dude, totally. of it um we know that a lot in the nfc east um and yeah i would say tuesday is the worst i compare it to 
like running as like when you start a run you're not the first mile sucks yeah Yeah. you're like you're fine for the first five minutes or whatever but then it starts to hit and you're like crap i have so much longer to go and i'm starting to feel tired i know i have so much more stuff so that's why tuesday to me is the worst so yeah and then uh, to the to the running analogy after the first mile you're like this isn't so bad i could do two more miles three more miles and i'm totally fine yeah and then you're at thursday and you see the finish line you're like i got this i can finish this out no problem i made it through the the hardest part um so if you have your own takes and you want to power rank the days of the week with us uh you can use what kind of hashtag rj and tweet at us at brandon gotten and at rj ochoa i think just hashtag day because that's the common denominator among all be, of them yeah that's lost in a bunch of other stuff we yeah but it's also need. easy like you come up with these hard hashtags for people to write out like they're difficult like if you tweet at us and include hashtag day it's pretty obvious that's what i'm saying just keep it mm. you know keep it general day boom i hate it next week we might power rank the months um if if we're in the right mood but uh today October's is number one Spoiler it is alert. um it is very much so Thir- every thursday in october rules anyway uh so today uh we are not doing power rankings but we are uh crowning things today this was brandon's idea all, all credit to him we are it is uh kind of award season right like this like february is like the oscars and the emmys and i don't think the tonys or grammys are, are this month but definitely the oscars and the emmys uh, if you could fact check that that would be great but you know whatever anyway uh so no it idea. is also awards season here on the nfc east mixtape the nfl handed out their awards two weeks ago those are stupid except for a defensive rookie of the year. it's only award that mattered uh we are going to hand out defensive rookie of the year we are also going to hand out offensive rookie of the year offensive player of the year defensive player of the year comeback player of the year coach of the year and mvp all within the nfc east specifically and with the exception of the rookie of the year awards we are also going to tell you who is going to win them in 2022 the 2022 season not the 2023 season washington commanders do you understand the rules brandon lee gotten i do by the way it seems like the commanders are um accepting that they got pwned on the year thing i think they are updating the the crest so good for them i guess yeah, I know that was big for you and a lot of people. So glad we can get to. I also have a surprise once we're done with the award. So I, oh. I don't know what it's about. It's not actually like you know one of these surprises that I'm just saying it to the audience. It's actually surprising you. So, uh, but I think it'll be worth it. I have a surprise as well. So um, Great. I'm very excited. Okay, got my bottle of water. Got our list. Let's go. First up, offensive rookie of the year. Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Because I think we both know where we're going here. I'll let you say it. Uh, well, I mean. Kadarius Tony had a moment in October. I mean, <laughs> so let's let's okay, not let's not forget. Uh, but uh, how could it not be Devonte Smith? I don't know. I'm so excited to build our All NFC East team in a few weeks. Whenever that ultimately comes, we don't have a plan. I just I know I know we'll do that. I don't know when. Um, I don't know if he'll make it or not. Again, I'm I'm excited for that debate. But there's no question that he is offensive rookie of the year. Um, I, I don't think he's the best wide receiver from his class. Again, it's hard to beat out Jamar Chase. Uh, but I think he lived up to what you would have wanted or what you did want. I even told you last week that I think it's underrated how the Eagles still landed him. I thought when they traded out of six with the Dolphins um, that that was, you know, that was goodbye to Devontae Smith. And they, they moved up. They got their guy. Um, and so good for the Eagles. Good for Devontae Smith. Now just use him, Nick Sirianni. That's all I said. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles employed the NFL's heaviest run offense last year. They had a league low 50.13 passing percentage, so barely passing more than running, which is 
pretty crazy in today's NFL. Um, so I think you totally have to factor that in when you look at his numbers. He's not going to have the same kind of volume that other players would have uh, if they actually did pass the ball. But that being said, Devontae Smith still broke the Eagles franchise rookie record for receiving yards more than Deshaun Jackson. Everyone likes to be like that. That record means nothing. That's like breaking the Bears all time passing record. Like that's it's not. Either. I mean, it's not nothing. Yeah, but. Yes, in a vacuum, league-wide context doesn't matter a ton. No, but like it's significant for the NFC East, mm. which is the discussion we're in, and the Eagles. The, the more significant award is offensive rookie on the NFC's mixtape. Let's be honest. Well, here's what I'll say. Um, everyone likes to be like, "Oh, well, Devontae Smith had an extra game." Yeah, but like he did it in 16 fewer targets than Deshaun had. So I don't want to hear that. <laughs> like he had less opportunity to get that record. And the point is, Devontae Smith had a very encouraging rookie season. And I truly feel like it, and I've said it a billion times, I'm a broken record. If he was in a passing offense that had even normal volume or, uh, you know, best case scenario, high volume, he would probably be a lot, be a lot better and produce a lot more than, you know, he did this year, which is not saying a lot, but uh, yeah, clearly his award. Um, congratulations to Devonte Smith. Let's move on. Cause these are kind of obvious. It was, um, like I said, the Eagles did get their guy because they traded up with the Dallas Cowboys to 10 overall to draft Devonte Smith and set up Brandon. You can say it the defensive rookie of the year with the 12th overall pick. Um, I believe it was Micah Parsons That's because right. who else would it even be? Who was, who, like, who was second place for this um, award? I don't even know. Um, I can't give you a good answer for that. Did, I mean, well, was Kadarius Tony second for the offensive rookie of the year? Like technically, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I mean, I think you could. There's a stronger case for maybe like Landon Dickerson than Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's tough cookies. I mean, honestly, the heaviest contender for defensive rookie of the year with Mike is probably his teammate Osa Digizua. I mean, that that might be the the heaviest, you know, sort of. And if not for Micah Parsons, Osa might have won it league-wide I mean he was very 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 good it was just overshadowed by Micah um Cowboys kind of stumbled into this pick um, like like, like they've done many times uh like Dak Prescott uh before uh like Zach Martin before I mean just you know fortune smiled on the Cowboys again they traded back uh with the Eagles from 10 to 12 and they were wiped out because of the fact that Carolina took JC Horn and that Denver took Patrick Sertan that really kind of left them in this spot and you know we were live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel that night uh where you can watch the NFC's mixtape by the way you can also watch it on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel and the moment that Patrick Sertan went to Denver at nine I, I asked our audience I said what do you want to do it was trade back trade back trade back and everybody panicked and when they took Micah Parsons I mean again you're taking a linebacker in what was effectively in a top 10 pick with a top 10 pick. I know it wasn't literally, but the general mentality was this is only worth it if they just completely overuse him, if they use him everywhere, if he's just this monster. And that felt impossible, but that's what he became. And and he is kind of the only thing that I feel completely confident in when it comes to the Cowboys. I, I have high levels of confidence in other thing, but I mean, he is the one thing that I, like he's the foundation I would build anything around right now. It's pretty crazy how not only like did they, you know, find this guy kind of by accident, not like total accident, obviously everyone knew he was a good prospect, but also as we've talked about before, how they used him and the fact that the Cowboys were so depleted on their defensive line early in the season, specifically heading into that first Eagles game where like a bunch of players like Tank got hurt and he went on IR. Then a bunch of players were also like on IR or out that week or on the COVID list. Like they had like no one left playing like the defensive line. So they had to move Micah Parsons there. And I really, as I guess it started in that Chargers game too, 
And I remember at the time you were reading off like these crazy kind of pressure numbers he had. And it felt like a fluke game at first because like the numbers were just so crazy and they're yeah. like better than like something that Chase Young had ever done basically to this point. And uh, it kind of just kept up the whole year, which is pretty insane to think. Because it was funny because a lot of the talk around Micah Parsons, I remember coming uh, into the draft was like, oh, you can kind of move him to edge rusher. And though it wasn't like totally off the radar, but the way people talked about that was kind of like you could do that sometimes as opposed to like he's going to thrive in that spot like all the time. And he did. So it's it's pretty crazy. Um, honestly, I, I can't maybe Zach Martin is the answer, but I can't remember a rookie generally to come into the Cowboys and make this high level of an impact. I, I mean, it's a higher level of impact than Dak or Zeke. I know Dak wasn't like amazing as a rookie, but um, just Sam you know. rookie of the year award. Yeah. Um, you know, really, really sad, by the way, that our two rookies of the year wore numbers so unnatural for their positions. Like, I'm still not okay with Devontae wearing six, or I've, I've kind of made my peace with Micah wearing 11. Like, I like 11 more than I, six is not a cool number to me. It's, it's, it's just, it's hard because of the way the top hangs. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not, not a sleek looking number. It is, hey, but I'm happy for Devontae. Yeah. I mean, at least he wore it in college and he's thinner and, uh, legal spot isn't great. I've said that. A lot their jersey font is just not a good font so i think in a better font it might look a little better but theirs is just kind of tough um okay so uh our next awards our next one two three four five awards we're going to tell you who won them this past season in the nfc east and predict who's going to win them this coming season so first up brandon offensive player of the year now generally speaking um, this is the NFL's like this was the best non-quarterback offensive player cooper cup obviously won it this year I have not made up my mind yet, um, so I'm I'm freely here to debate. I'm here to listen to you. I have an idea of where I want to go, but but what are your thoughts? It's Jason Kelsey, and here's why. Oh my! He was had an elite offensive line, and he's this the best so offensive stupid. lineman from that offensive line. They had like the number one rushing attack overall. Like that, that's how they finished the season, indisputable. And it wasn't because they had some amazing running back; it was because of their offensive line. Wow! And I'm not going to be like the NBA here. The Jordan in, Howard disrespect wow. in 20 whatever it was, and they gave like the player of the month to the Atlanta Hawks starting five, like the whole lineup, because that would be dumb. I was tempted to give it to the Eagles offensive line, but that would be dumb, so I didn't do that. So I gave it to one of their, obviously their best player from this group, a player that one RJ Ochoa said was the Eagles' most overrated player, and then went on to make his uh, third All Pro team and fourth Pro Bowl, I believe, this year. And Jason Kelsey, future Hall of Famer, uh, Jason Kelsey is. A big reason why the Eagles had that success in the second half of the season. I think he is the best. I think you can make a case he's the best offensive player in the division. So I applaud the ingenuity to say, <laughs> I don't want to give it to a skill position player. So patronizing. Um, but no, I mean, it's like like you and Stats actually uh, a few weeks ago got all you know mad about Quentin Nelson not winning offensive rookie of the year. Uh, in 2018, was it? I mean, did I say this? this or stat, like stats did. Stats, okay. stats did. Um, but like, I, I still believe it was stupid that Odell won Rookie of the Year over Zach Martin. Um, because you, you can contextualize. Like, we live in a day, you know, a, a day and time where you can understand 
you know, specifically how good offensive linemen are. Now, some of that is subjective, whatever. Um, and like when this, Tyron Smith wins, play, like offensive player of the week, whatever. That was like the, the that was the biggest shame. So That's this like is only a Cowboys. This is one point of subjectivity. Okay, so just going off of PFF grades, which again, you know, not the end all be all, but just going uh, off of PFF grades. Jason Kelsey finished third right. among centers uh, as far as offensive grade is concerned, eighty four point five as an offensive grade, sixty nine point two pass blocking nice. grade. 89 run blocking great like you said great in the run game if we're really going to do this zach martin finished with a higher offensive grade finished with a higher pass blocking grade and i'm just checking here um making sure uh because i can't remember if i'm from jumping page to page also a higher run blocking grade so zach martin literally objectively through this subjective prism a better (laughs) offensive lineman than jason kelsey so if you want to go down this path zach martin literally deserves it more than jason kelsey no disagree yeah that's that's literally true like you can't just because you want say jason kelsey gets it bff is not the end all be all well, it's a far more accurate measurement than I'm Brandon and I want Jason. Disagree. Kelsey There's no way. To... How about wanting? No. You just can't I, admit that you're wrong. You picked the, I am not wrong. Again, I've got, I've got a, a vast player. data source behind me backing Zach Barton over Jason Kelsey. So what do you have bes- besides player. your opinion? I mean, you know, and let I, Jason Kelsey should also be knocked for his fraud, you know, com, like consecutive starts streak continuing by barely playing in week 18. Um, so it's not Jason Kelsey. I don't think it's Zach Martin either. We have to pick a player, a real player, no offense to offensive linemen. And I don't think there's one like I don't there's not one that really jumps out if we are excluding quarterbacks. And even if we included quarterbacks, I mean, it would be Dak and, and nobody else um he shouldn't be it though it doesn't feel right well but i know but i mean we're, we're talking about the nfc east like again Dak would be the only one legitimately in contention i honestly think if we're again talking about non-offensive linemen i look we're gonna get accused by a lot of people being homers back and forth here right this mr jason kelsey i i think he should win because i'm branded is it cd lamb and i don't feel great about that but like is it like how is it not? I mean, I don't think so. Even you were like, he's been like low key disappointing. It doesn't. Feel I right. know, but again, it's you know that's we're we're, we're picking. We don't have to agree on the pick. We don't both have to to come to a consensus. I think we have to. That's the whole point. NFL honors no. doesn't have t- people who win different awards. We have yeah, to but agree. There's on like them. the yeah, but there's the AP team and there's the PW, PFWA team. There's like different teams. Okay, then there's this like is what one we'll that's do. real and recognized, and that's mine. And then there's yours. This is what we'll do. We'll. We'll each come up with our own. If we don't agree, we'll come up with our own list. We'll tweet them out. We'll have people tell us who has the better list. So okay. my offensive player of the year, the offensive player of the year, the NFC's mixtape is Zach Martin. All right. Oh, okay. so who do we think is winning next year? Now we have to spin it ahead. Um, obviously, we're not factoring in players that are potentially in the NFC East uh, by way of free agency in the draft. And like, I don't know if, I would throw Amari in that mix if I knew he was going to be back. I just don't know that I think he's going to be. Um, like, there's no giant or commander, right? I feel so stupid saying commander still. It could be Terry McLaurin, in, like, in theory. It could, it could be, but, I mean... I don't think it's likely, but it could be. I mean, maybe. Um, it's possible. Like, he would be, like, what, top five in the odds or top ten at least? Top around there. For these odds? For, for, for this award? He'd be in top five, probably, yeah. Well, it's not hard. There's like eight options. So well, to not be top five is difficult. Um, maybe top three even. I think if I have to pick a contender, let's, how about we do this? We pick a contender for every team to be in the mix. For, mm, for I know, but for the Cowboys, 
I can't confidently say Amari because I don't know if he's going to be back. So I'll say CD again. I don't feel great about that for the Eagles. I'll say Devonte just because yeah, that know. was my pick. Right. And for Washington, I would say Terry, Terry McLaurin and for New York, Daniel Jones. I mean, I know we're not including quarterbacks kind of, but I mean, it ain't Saquon. Kadarius Tony, your boy. He's not my boy. Um, I mean, maybe Kenny Galladay. No touchdowns I, between the two of them, by the way, I this would, season. I would bet on Tony, I think, before Galladay at this point. Okay. So this may be a bit more of a depressing exercise than we thought it would be, which is saying something because we knew that this would be tough. Okay. So there goes Offensive Player of the Year. Congratulations to Zach Martin, Defensive Player of the Year in the NFC East for 2021 before we predict the future. It's obviously Michael Parsons. Yeah. I don't, we don't need to rehash. Well, I would it. like to hear you sing his songs one more time, if you don't mind. I mean, it is on I the already did. I gave him his, I gave him his due. Um, I'm not trying to deny it. I, he was great. He went to Brandon's favorite college, by the way. So everybody knows Brandon loves the Nittany Lions. I'm not really against Penn state. I just like to troll them sometimes. What is, what was, uh, what is it's We aren't. That's your yeah. troll. <laughs> so, yeah. So a little backstory. Um, for like maybe one person who cares about this, um, <laughs> during the past season here, fall 2021, I was actually at, uh, my good friend, Patrick wall, former BGN contributor, still kind of occasional, um, as wedding. And I got a text. I wasn't even watching the Penn state game from Jimmy Kemsky, who you're familiar with RJ. Still, uh, he hasn't been on yet. We got to fix that. At a certain I know. Point. Uh, of BGN Radio, Jimmy, the like the OG uh, NFC East kind of uh, champion in the sense of used to have bloggingthebeast.com. Did you know about that? Were you around for that back when Jimmy ran an, an all NFC East site? I was not, uh, but Jimmy okay. is is kind of the like like yeah like the founding father of the trolley nature of the NFC East. Um, yes. So he we're all we all hate each other because of him. He he incited this. I remember saying back in the day, like recommending to him, I was like, Hey, you should convince SB nation to like, let you run an NFC East SB nation blog. That would be fun. Um, didn't and then happen. We, we literally kind of did that ourselves though. So shout out to us. Well, on podcast form, but anyway, how about you um, get back to the thing? Yeah. I'm I mean, getting the pin, to it. Yeah. So Jimmy texts me and he's like, I need you to tweet out that like we aren't. <laughs> so I did. And it's funny because a bunch of Penn State people got mad at me and I was like, I didn't even watch the game. <laughs> just, <tweeting laughs> this, just, just to get a rise out of all you. And it worked. Um, so that's what I do. Um, Defensive player of the year for the 2022 season. I mean, you mentioned like odds. The overwhelming favorite would be Micah Parsons. I mean, who's who's coming yeah. close? I mean, that's, maybe maybe Chase Young. Maybe if he if he rebounds. If you wanted to do like the weird thing that the NFL does and like doesn't like to double up on awards, I mm -hmm. guess you would. Say well, no, 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 don't don't spoil anything. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like, but just you know. But you're right. Um, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, like. I don't think there's any giant in the running. I mean, uh, that I would I feel confident they might, about. They might trade James Bradbury. I've right? seen a lot of like buzz about that, especially that, to the Raiders. That wouldn't Patrick help Graham. for their cause at winning this award. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm just saying, like, like, so he might be gone, so you can't pick him. Um, you know, I think the heaviest contender, and this you'll love this, um, much like defensive rookie of the year, might be Micah's teammate, might be Trayvon Diggs. Like, if, if there were odds, it would. I think Diggs would be second. Well, that's what I was going to say with like the don't double up NFL's approach to not double up on awards. Like maybe they would, like since we already kind of gave Micah Parsons defensive rookie of the year, we can't give him defensive player <laughs> of the year. We're going to give it to Trayvon Diggs because he had a bunch of interceptions, something like that. Okay. Well, so we and agree. Then Washington, Chase Young. Yeah. I mean, Chase, Chase, there's the only real contenders, Chase Young to Micah, right? So we, we agree there. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know who would be on the Eagles. Maybe uh, Darius Slay. Have you had like you, a, I mean. Javon Hargrave. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations to Micah Parsons. This coming up nice for the Cowboys. Um, okay. So uh, here we go. This is what you were about to spoil. My dog's barking in the background, by the way. I think the male's passing Can't hear it. Um, well, you yeah, know, good. At least I'm honest, you know, nobody ever can deny that I'm an honest podcaster, but uh, comeback player of the year, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow actually won this award as far as the NFL is concerned. I mentioned the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. We did a video. I did a video um, kind of right after the season ended where I, I pontificated. I said, I don't think Dak's going to win this award. I think Joe Burrow's going to win it. And you know, I'm not trying to I'm trying to really brag, but you know, I was right because all these Cowboys fans are like, "How could you not vote for Dak? Dak, you have more passing yards." No, dude, like this, this isn't how this works. Like this isn't just a whose stats are better thing. Joe Burrow deserved to win it, um, but relative to the NFC East, I kind of think it's Dak's. I, I really don't know anybody else that's competing with him within the division specifically for the award. Uh, I didn't want to give it to him because that's boring to me. So I gave it to Darius Slay instead, uh, who I mentioned in my more overrated players from the Eagles last year. Uh, I think appropriately at the time because he didn't have a good 2020. He had a 111.9 passer rating allowed in 2020, and he just honestly didn't look that great to me uh in my almighty subjective opinion but this past season obviously made the pro bowl 74.4 passer rating allowed was a lot better so you know it's obviously going to go to deck because of the cowboys factor and and whatever and the quarterback and position and that's it's fine but i, I wanted to pick a non deck pick so i picked Darius Lee. that's stupid um <laughs> it's it's Dak. Um I was distracted. Well, it's, it's interesting for me to speak. It's Dak. Okay, we agree. Now we can move on. Like is that good uh, podcasting? No, but I mean like but making something up you don't believe isn't good podcast podcasting. I'm not making either. something up I don't believe. I acknowledge that that would is how it would go, but like it's not an interesting conversation to disagree with you and then move on. Um well, okay. So kudos to Dak. Um Chase Young is the heavy favorite to win this next year, right? Like who, who else is yeah. even coming back? Like, and the NFL is really weird. Sometimes like the actual comeback player of the year wins it from like coming back from sucking. Like it's not always somebody coming back from a heavy injury, but Chase Young is coming back from an injury. <laughs> I think if, if somebody does win it, like coming back from sucking, it's Saquon. That's the like candidate for that yeah. archetype, but, but it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's Chase Young. Like that's the only dude you can confidently bet on. Yeah, the other candidates that I had here were Brandon Graham because he's coming off an injury. I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah, I threw him in there because he's my guy. Uh, Also, Michael Gallup, in part because uh, like there's a scenario where he stays in the NFC East. It's not the Cowboys. Like the Eagles could conceivably sign him in if he had a big year. Uh, Again, not likely, but like I just threw him out there because honorable mention. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. 
And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, so I'm tweeting this as, uh, as we talk, not the list, but um, I mentioned this at the top of the show, but it is NFC East topical, and it's hap- it happened while we were recording. Uh, on the subject of Chase Young's team, the Commanders, they tweeted out that they are changing their crest. They are changing the logo. Um, now, just to catch people up, uh, a brief pause in our award ceremony, which is obviously very important. But um, I, you saw this, BLG. I think I sent it to you. They wanted to change it to the Roman numerals of the Super Bowls they won originally, which was their way, basically, of trying to get it right without acknowledging that they messed up right like that that was their they were only going to change it and, and act like we we wanted to be more accurate blah, blah blah but the nfl wouldn't allow that because I, somehow the nfl has copyrighted roman numerals which is amazing to me um but uh so washington uh the washington commanders tweeted this out we heard you loud and clear Going forward, our crest will reflect our Super Bowl victories using the year from that regular season. And I tweeted this making fun of them because they, they deserve to be made fun of. Like, they're acting like, we heard you loud and clear. All right, you know, we took the fan input. Like, no, you got it wrong. Like, <laughs> this, this wasn't, you know, this wasn't you acquiescing. This was you correcting a mistake. It's amazing, dude, how they do nothing right. Like, literally nothing about them happens the right way. And it really, as a fan, it's like, how do you expect them to get like the football stuff right? You know, if they can't get like the easy stuff right. So tough spot, as our good friend Rick Devins talked about when we had him on the podcast. Mm, yeah, it's almost survivor time. Too. Yeah. Um, okay. So my dog, yeah, it's definitely me all the time. The dog is barking in the background. I told you, dude, Tuesdays are insane. Um, you, you asked me what I was eating for lunch. It's always like a leftover or takeout day on Tuesday because we just don't have the time, you know? Uh, I'm a busy guy. I'm watching Succession now. That's that's all my free time is devoted to. So, mm. good to me. Are you ready okay. to move on? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'll be honest with you. This has been a little bit fun for me. The last few awards it's been very Cowboys heavy. Certainly projecting into the future. This is difficult for me. So Uh-oh. I'll let you go first. Uh oh. I'll let you go first. Coach of the year for the NFC East in 2021. Hmm. I'm just gonna agree with ever what you say because that's what we do on the show now and just move on um, all right no no you go first you go first i was gonna go but you go first it's nick sirianni it's your boy it's your favorite coach in the division it absolutely is coach of the year is about well, a lot of these awards should be about but uh coach of the year especially i would say is about expectation and how you perform relative to expectation and there were pretty low expectations for nick sirianni between the Eagles being a dumpster fire in 2020 and then his opening press conference, which I think is so overblown. And I hate how much that gets talked about because to me, like that, that was never a factor in my evaluation of Nick Sirianni at all because it, didn't, it doesn't matter necessarily how he does in the press conference in terms of his coaching ability. Um, but he got off to a really bad start, obviously, in this in the 2021 season. And to me, one of the hallmarks of a good head coach is how they deal with adversity because everything isn't going to go right. There are times where things will be right and they're clicking and that's great. But the true measure I think of a coach is how things go when things go wrong. And that kind of speaks to just for example, elsewhere in the league, how good of a job that Mike Tomlin has done with the Steelers in terms of the things that have gone wrong there. And not to say these situations are identical, but for the Eagles to kind of just basically like totally transform their offense halfway through the season and go from 
this really bad uh no identity team to like the the nfl's number one rushing attack uh, i think you have to give nick sirianni credit for that you can ding him also to some extent for taking too long but i do believe there was some kind of ownership slash inter like influence in there in terms of like hey we want to be a passing team we want to evaluate jalen hurts as a passer and i think it kind of shifted to nick sirianni being like hey you have to let me do what's best for the team in terms of maximizing wins now because i don't want to be fired and this is my job um so i think he did the best job relative to expectation and for the eagles to be in the playoffs and uh and, and make the progress that they did in 2021 i think you have to give credit to nick sirianni your boy so first of all, um, let's relax on throwing bouquets of roses at Nick Sirianni for being the seventh seed. Um, wouldn't have been in the playoffs literally any year except for last year and this year. So I'm not giving him a bouquet of roses. You're giving him a few, maybe not a bouquet, but you you grabbed a couple. You know what I mean? Like a, okay. it's like a middle school Valentine's. Like you you got a couple. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't think he's like a top ten coach. So that's not what I'm saying at all. I just think I think he did a good job. I think. I'd give him like a B plus if I'm giving him a grade. I think that he is the best coach in the NFC East. Wow. <laughs> You're this is such a departure from Dude, early in the I, season. Look, like... So so like we, we like to say certain things both here and on the Espionation NFL show, but you can listen to Brandon and I uh, on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Um, so subscribe there, leave a rating, write a review, please. Some one of the things we like to say is that multiple things can be true, right? We we say that all the time. Another thing that we like to say is your opinion can change, right? Like you learn new things, data happens, like life happens, like you can change your mind on things. I maintain the arguments and debates that we had about Mike McCarthy. I thought it, I, I think that people were, people are only confirming their priors when it comes to him. Now, like there are now legitimate reasons to doubt him severely in Dallas, but before no, it was just a matter of like, oh, blah, blah, Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, whatever. Um, and so, there, there were legitimate things to believe in that you saw in the 2020 season. Again, I'm not saying the guy was like on the trajectory to win a Super Bowl, but there were things that there, there were principles about him that were different than his predecessor, which I realize is a low bar to clear. Um, that being said, his team collapsed and all he has done since then is point the finger and point the finger and point the finger, referees, officials, blah, 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 schedules, all sorts of crap dude just own it like like kind of like this commanders thing i would respect the hell out of the commanders if they came out and said you know what guys like we messed up you know that you know we we did this wrong uh we didn't recognize it and you know we we heard you and we understand that it's important to you but but we recognize our mistake and so we want to get it right that would still be embarrassing but at least there would be some accountability there like that i would appreciate if mike mccarthy said you know what man like yeah we we had some successes here we beat up on some 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 bad teams but you know we weren't good enough i wasn't good enough you know we 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 kind of bought our into ourselves and he did say that after they beat the crap out of the falcons when he talked about the monkey butt like he only likes to to give credit to himself he likes to kind of like explain a brag you know it's, he has to well you know we got down but i pulled us out of that and it's like no man like this is lame like this is so lame and there's all this tension right now with McCarthy and Jerry. You know what I would love? Because McCarthy loves to talk about how he knows what it takes to build the championship. I would love if Mike McCarthy walked into Jerry Jones' office and plopped his Super Bowl ring on his desk and said, 
I have one of these, you do not. And I know that you, Brandon, and anybody else might be like, yeah, well, so what? Like, that was pretty, like, a hollow Super Bowl win for him. Even that is more than Jerry Jones has accomplished, though. I would love it if Mike, like, and I, I want to see him, like, sink or swim. I, I want to see, see him be like, you know what? This whole using Zeke thing, like, this is not cutting. I want to see him use the cachet that comes with a Super Bowl ring. And he has not been that dude. He has just been an extension of Jason Garrett, despite having the one thing that nobody else in Dallas has had forever. And so for that, I... I have to knock Mike McCarthy. I do think Nick Sirianni deserves a lot of credit for kind of making lemonade out of the lemons he was presented with. Did beat some tomato cans, their final four wins against the NFC East and the Jets. I mean, it is what it is contextually, but these are low bars here in the NFC East. And pretty soon he might be the longest tenured head coach in the Mm -hmm. NFC East. Like a year from now, that's pretty crazy to think about. Um, I thought, I thought he, I really, I'm, I know that my theory was disproven by the fact that he did the stupid highlighter thing in Indianapolis, or maybe it was uh, with the Chargers, but he had done it before is my point. Yeah. Um, but I still maintain that he, in his heart of hearts, he's like, man, the, the Philly bros, they're going to be dressing up as me for, for Halloween. Like, I really think he wants that. Um, and I guarantee you, he wanted that flower pot thing to take off mm. and become the thing it became. But he backed that stuff up to a degree. I think Nick Sirianni deserves it. I think he's coach of the year for 2021 in the NFC East. And I have my coach of the year for 2022, if you're ready to hear it. Uh, let's hear it. It's not Nick Sirianni. Yeah, it's Brian Dable. Why do you got to do that? Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got him. I mean, but like some of this, again, is like, and this happens with NFL honors. Like, it's just about like, you mentioned it with Sirianni. Like, what did you do relative to expectations? The expectations are galactically low for the Giants. Yeah, exactly. And and so, like, if they are just competent, I think he wins the award easily. Eight games. Win eight games. You're set. I mean, you know, it depends what else other teams do around the league. But, like, if they win eight games, like, they'll be, he'll be in the conversation for it at the very least. Especially because of the market and everything. Too. Like, wow, the guy who... Is turning things around for the New York Giants. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to Brian Dable ahead of time. Um, okay. This one's going to be tough. I think this is, this is going to be interesting. Uh, our final award on the NFC East Mixtape Award Show, the inaugural uh, NFC East Mixtape Award Show. Did, you didn't wear a suit and tie. Why not? Yeah, I did. Let me see it. I can't. What's the, when you, you dress you. up. What are you talking about? When, when you dress up, what's the like, the hoity toityest thing you do like do you have like cufflinks like what's what's like the most elaborate detail that's part of your ensemble no i don't have those um like a pocket watch it's like a handkerchief in your front pocket i like the idea of a pocket watch uh don't do that a monocle i wear glasses so that wouldn't happen but i like the idea of that maybe like a cane that could be cool (laughs) um but no i don't think i do any of that what about you um i think it's just like I walk different. Like I, I walk with like, mm, um, swagger. Yeah. Like, like higher comp, like I feel taller. Um, like I feel like music is louder in my ears. You know what I mean? Like I just, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go get, che- get that checked out. Uh, um, MVP, MVP, of the tough. NFC East in 2021. I, to be clear, I'm not like when I use the word argument, it's not a very strong one, but I, my argument would be for Dak. I mean, mm, although like he cratered wrong. over the second half of the season, actually, yeah. no, I, I, again, I, I didn't make up my mind on any of these except the obvious ones. My, my arguments for Good Micah, prep. Micah Parsons. I, I, I think he's in, I, I think he has to be, he's the only dude in the whole division who was elite from start to finish. And if you want to harp on the word value uh, or valuable, like a lot of people tend to do with this discussion, he was far more valuable to his team than anybody else. 
I this was tough. I don't think there is a slam dunk answer. I don't think anyone really deserves this award as much as it's you know kind of uh, the the tallest of the the shortest candidates here. Um, I I had Micah Parsons as well, just because I don't I don't know who, like you can't say anyone from Giants or Washington, obviously. And then who from the Eagles are you going to take over? Like again, if you if you want to take a whole unit, I would say the Eagles' offensive line might be the most valuable unit in the division because they were pretty. Like they powered the Eagles' success, any success that the Eagles had. Um, but if we're giving it just a single player, I think you have to give it to Parsons. I think he made the he was the biggest difference maker in the division. The Cowboys' defense being as good as it was was in no small part due to him. And the Cowboys' success for a stretch there, as you mentioned, with the offense struggling, they really relied on their defense there. So um, I think you have to give it to him. Very chalk um, awards. What did we? The only one we disagreed on was offensive player of the year and um and and you because you wanted to be dumb comeback player of the year right those are the only two who's your mvp for next year well i was asking what we disagreed on for this year but way to just ignore that um mvp for next year man um i mean again it's a quarterback league like i think dak would be in the running theoretically um he would he would be high on the odds list i think michael would be high on the odds list i mean you know the same guys we kind of talked about i tell you who who uh a low-key guy i mean if, if we're putting money on this mm-hmm. daniel jones like if we really believe in brian dayball i mean that's that's your dark horse is it not well that would be like a good bet in terms that, of that's like, what i'm talking about yeah, yeah like i i put, would put some money on daniel put jones 20 dollars on that to win like two thousand or whatever <laughs> yeah but i mean like most likely again i, I would say dak or micah i mean i don't think it's jalen like jalen is empowering no. the and even if i it maybe it's russell if, if he's well, the, do you want to get to hey, my pick? Hey, hey out. <laughs> you know, Howie called me and he said, let's, let's make another bird. And I said, I said, Howie, I mean, man, that that's my dream. I mean, my dream, I'm, I'm here to play and to win. And I'm just so happy to do that. It's the city of brotherly love. And I'm, I'm feeling the love from you guys. I can't wait to, to work with you all and speak to you all in our, our regular media sessions. And, um, you know, it's, it's a city with a, a proud, rich history. I'm, I was I loved Randall Cunningham growing up. And, um, you know, let's let's do it, baby. Go go Hawks. I'm sorry, guys. It's, it's taking me a minute. You know, it's like this. <laughs> go, go birds. See you all next time. Uh, I did have quote. Cool. Eagles QB Russell Wilson written down as my MVP for uh, 2022. Also could be NFL MVP. Also, I think (laughs) Russell Wilson just taking him uh, without a team designation in the, I don't think the Giants are trading for him, but or or Washington is going to be able to land him. But in the event that that is also in the realm of possibility, not necessarily likely, but like more than a 0% chance, maybe um, he would just be a good candidate to take because in theory, he could be on multiple teams. But. You put Eagles QB Russell Wilson in air quotes. Who would be another quarterback that could be acquired this offseason that would legitimately be in the running for that? That is like practical. Yeah, like like Aaron Rodgers, and we're actually waiting for Aaron to be on Pat McAfee and be like, I can't believe you guys made a big deal about my Instagram post. Um, but like, who who else is like acquirable? Kirk Cousins. He's Kirk Cousins going. on the Eagles would be my Nirvana. I would love that. <laughs> you know, so it's much. not going to happen. They're not going <laughs> to do that kind of. They're not going to make that kind of move. They're not going to trade for like Jimmy G or Kirk. They're not. It's either like you know Russ or Hurts again or they draft a rookie, whatever, to put in the mix. Um, yeah. Well, um, can he pick it? No. Okay. So the answer is it? Micah, Dak, 
or Russell Wilson. <laughs> so, okay, cool. Uh, that is it for you ready for our, my surprise. No, because I'm ready for my surprise. Uh, hmm. I you thought that was the last award. You were wrong. Who was the most NFC Easty of all the NFC East players this season? I'm so glad you came up with this because I was actually gonna suggest this idea to you in Slack, <laughs> but I didn't. I was like, we should have an before NFC it went East. down. Be- before it went down, to be clear about Slack. Uh, yeah, but an <laughs> NFC East player of the division and this isn't an mvp this isn't like you know nope. it's, a, it's a different thing it's like who is the most nfc east player and what that's does why, that mean that's why exactly? it says for the podcast on it it says most nfc east that's what it is on the screen right now yeah um i was trying to think about this i don't know i don't have a good answer for this do you have someone in mind i do um now he might be the player of the nfc east mixtape to be very clear um and and because the the true player of the nfc east mixtape would not be a cowboy or an eagle for obvious reasons. Um, he is a friend of the SB Nation NFL show. We interviewed him um, back in the uh, in Radio Row leading up to Super Bowl 54 uh, in Miami. Gina, Kelly, and I did. It's Terry McLaurin. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's he's like kind of trapped. He's the most like trapped by the NFC Eastness. You know what I'm saying? Like of, of any player, like he, he lives and breathes the most NFC East-ish stuff of anybody else in the NFC East. Um, so I feel like it has to be Terry McLaurin. And like, he is the perpetual, he would like, and I'm not saying this isn't true, but he would be so much better with a great, give him a great quarterback, give him a great head coach, give him like, he is the constant like excuse making for him. And again, some of these excuses are justifiable, but like, there's no real like poking at him. Like he is all hype. I don't want to say without any results, but I mean, he's just pure total hype in the fantasy community, in the NFL community. He's like the only thing that the commanders have to kind of ride for offensively. Terry McLaurin, that's my pick. Okay. Uh, I don't hate it, but I don't, I really don't have a strong feel myself. Uh, I would like to ideally in a perfect world, maybe pick a player who's been on a couple of NFC East teams as well. Kind of just add that extra juice into that. But, uh, I don't have a great one. If you have a good one, listeners, please let me know because I want to hear what you pick. Well, and if you thought that was the surprise, this is the other surprise. Who is the least wow. NFC East of all NFC East players? I have an answer for this one too, if you don't. Yeah. Um, like someone who totally just doesn't belong in this division. Um, yeah, because they're amazing. And my answer is Micah Parsons. Like he he is like cut from no cloth that everybody like everybody else in the division to some degree has been some sort of mediocre. Because he kind of has like a Demarcus Ware vibe to me. Like he fits in. Um, wow. I don't know. Wow. Then who's your least NFC East player? That's a good question. I don't know, RJ. I don't have a good answer for either of these. I know, like, there is an answer, and I and I've thought about it. It's not like I'm just like I can't wow. think of. I mean, I'm, uh, there isn't an answer, but I I can't. It's bad podcasting, but I can't really think of someone. Brandon is so tapped out because he's so excited for his surprise. So congratulations to Micah Parsons winning the least NFC Eastie award on the NFC East mixtape. BLG, your surprise. All right. I actually came up with uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven awards that we can run through. Um, garbage player. You know, what would have been great just to, to be, to be, it would have been great if you'd given me these and I could have made little banners for them. That would have been cool, but you know, yeah. whatever. BLG hates the YouTube audience, but what's your first made up award? garbage player of the division i will give it to mike lennon because he, he was so bad he was terrible um, and i think you would agree with me on this um you could also give it to jake Fromm. 
Yeah, I think it's Mike Lennon though. Like Mike, was Mike Lennon was truly awful. Okay. Why is he Mike still Lennon? in the NFL? Like it's just like what are teams doing? Like he can't play. It's been apparent for many years. It's amazing that in one offseason, like not even an offseason, like in the span of like a month or two months, the Bears paid Mike Glennon and then traded up one pick to draft Mitchell Trubisky. Like that sequence is amazing that yeah. it happened. So I just okay. never got it. Um, garbage coach of the year, uh, Joe uh, Judge. <laughs> um, so need, need we say more? I mean, we could. Um I think like if we if we had it, I don't know if this is an award that you have that you didn't tell me about. Again, great job by you. I'm actually gonna stop making these banners. It's too much to do this this quickly. So sorry to the YouTube audience. Um garbage team of the year is like the Giants. Like they are they well, are garbage. Hold on. Um, <laughs> uh biggest disappointment in the NFC East. I think this Jack is a Prescott. good one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You said Jack it. Prescott. My most overrated player for the Cowboys or for the NF for the Cowboys? Yeah, for the Cowboys, because we did it team by team. For, for the NFC East, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because there were so many people that were like, again, if you go relative to expectation, like, whoa, they got a quarterback now. Yeah, hurt. Okay, then the Washington quarterback situation. Because there were a lot of Commanders fans who were like, man, just just give Heineke another, just, you know, just let's let him, let, just do it. Just let him. Like, so again, relative to expectation, it's the Washington quarterback situation. Or, or, or Saquon. Saquon might be the real answer. Those are fair. I put Jalen Rager. I wasn't personally <laughs> expecting big things, but Eagle Sands kind of were still, some at least. And also, when you just look at relative to expectation of like, and always having to measure up to Justin Jefferson, like that's, that's, he can't avoid that. Like that's something that's always going to be like he measured against. And it's, like, you just can't even, it's not it's, even coming close. It's more because like even CD's measured against Justin Jefferson now, right? So it's more than that. It's, it's that the, like the video, the Vikings laughing exists. Like it's, it's just, the meme is really bad for Jalen Rager. So shout out to him. It's funny too because people were like, oh, well, Rick Spielman got fired. I'm like, okay, well, that kind of just makes it look worse that you got clowned by this guy who couldn't even keep his job. Like that's not like a testament to you. Uh, anyway, um, biggest fraud Mike McCarthy. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically just invented. Actually, so no, honestly, it's Jerry. Jerry's the, the biggest mm. fraud because Jerry is like, and this is something I've been, you know, our. Because again, this is accessible on blogging the boys. A lot of people have heard me say this, like, you know, season ends, Jerry goes on 105 through the fan in Dallas Fort Worth and is is just like, I'm so mad. I'm upset. And all these Cowboys fans are tweeting, Man, Jerry's pissed. Oh my god, blah blah. Jerry's like, I would do anything to to fix this, whatever. Literally did nothing. Like <laughs> literally did nothing. Like literally Watch just what I running do about what I say. Yeah, I mean, and so like Jerry is the biggest fraud and he'll have some moment. He'll say something. He'll try to rile everybody up and some people will fall for it. Not me, baby. My wound is too deep. I'm too hurt. So um, Jerry Jones, biggest fraud in the division. I put Mike McCarthy slash the Cowboys. I would um, honestly even there's an argument for Steven Jones and like um, Tom Ryle wrote about this last week at our site. I mentioned it on the 750 this week with Tony Casillas, but like Steven, I don't know how like hip. I know BLG really does a great job keeping tabs on everybody. We both do, but uh, Steven really believes that he's this like master negotiator. The last three big deals that he has had to land, he lost big time. He lost to Demarcus Lawrence after placing the franchise tag on him. So literally spent more money than he had to. He lost to Zeke Elliott, a running back mm. after the running back held out and he lost to Dak. Like, I don't think we yeah. make a big enough deal. Like he lost so big to Dak Prescott in a way that no front office has lost to a quarterback when it comes to contract negotiations. I still think Dak was so dumb to not just play on the tag again because he could have made even more. But yes, he still 
Steven I mean, yeah. So like he he got a slight, slight, slight win, but Dak got an enormous amount of guarantee money. Like you know, what I mean, yeah. like you're, you're right. right. Like there's Dak an argument lose. to be made, but right. But I just think he could have won even more. Um. All right. So that brings us to we have three left. This one's simple. The Dan Snyder Award for the worst owner. I'm going to give that to Dan Snyder. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how anyone comes close, uh, <laughs> but if we isolate um horrible human behavior uh to its own thing um and we talk just about like relative to football success then it's jerry jones although this season it was john mara but that's the thing though like the owner like this like you know you can argue more so that like a coach and a player i don't agree with this but i'm saying there's a stronger argument that the coach and the players don't have to be as held accountable for that stuff because that's not necessarily always related to the on-field performance but the the owner is all encompassing so he should be evaluated for every aspect like off the field like everything not just the football product um so yeah but it's dan snyder because it's just it's pathetic you know all the stuff we've talked about with the botched sean taylor uh celebration which is really just brought about because it was to cover up like what's going off off going on off the field with them and all the bad stuff so uh it's self-explanatory okay next award Dumbest new team name. Uh, <laughs> who do you want to give this to, RJ? Um, I mean, I'm not fond of Giants as a name, honestly. Like, I think well, it's, it's the kind dumbest of new team name. Though. I know, but it's not I mean, a new name. Like, another, that's another part about this statement that they they released, by the way. Like, relative to the changing of the crest, we heard you loud and clear. Then why'd you pick Commanders? Like, <laughs> like if, if you can hear them loud and clear, why did you pick Commanders? Um, yeah, dude, like huge l's like l's all around like their logo shouldn't be a w they don't deserve for it to be it should be an l uh mm-hmm. i i laugh every time i say commanders <laughs> this is so stupid like why am i saying this this is this is dumb it's like do i have to should, like do we all just have to go in line with this can't we just like still call them the football team and just refer to that and and like deny this new name i mean if um, you notice we've been um you know we like it's kind of like habit we refer to them as washington you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like so I don't think I'll ever get comfortable with commanders. All right. Last award. Who is the best producer for the NFC's mixtape award mm. go to? Rachel. Yeah. Rachel Prevet. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, our unseen, you know, behind the scenes, third member, full time of the NFC's mixtape. Uh, shout out to Rachel. Rachel is the best um incidentally this is the, on the one episode that she um uh, is not producing but <laughs> so that's ironic so she probably actually won't hear this she, but but that's that's fair though because she she more than deserved uh, a break and some time off right, right, right. Uh, you can uh, follow her on twitter and instagram i believe at rachel monique uh wow those were some good awards to add on um Thank who you. is um who has the worst uniform in the nfc east Oh, and I, I'm asking in. for a specific outfit, like a yeah, specific home or away, whatever. Not like we're factoring in all colors, right? Like right. alternate jerseys, everything. Um, There's one right answer. And active, right? Not just like right, throwbacks. Right, right. Okay. Right. Um, the worst. Well, I mean, it's the commanders now, but are we? Right. It, they're their own special category. Right. Yeah. Obviously. So taking out the Washington team, um, I think the Cowboys uniforms are low key bad because the colors don't match up there's like this silver and there's this blue and then it's weird and then they wear their their jersey is so bad that they don't even wear their regular home jersey 
a lot. Like that's already that's, that's like an addition. The Cowboys? Their jersey sucks. Yeah. What are you talking about? They wear their home jersey more often than anything else. Yeah, but the home team jersey is a dark color, typically. No, it's not. not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. That's because they've adopted that. But the home team jersey started out as the white jersey. Every team generally... Yes, war white and all. Like, well, again, this has also changed. That's but like not today's all, NFL, baby. All NBA teams used to wear white at home. Yeah, that's again, dumb. like now, the color should be at home. The white is for the road. But now, like because everybody, again, this is like this is where Jerry Jones is elite because everybody wears their color jerseys at home. The Cowboys wear their white, like generally, yeah, like twelve times out of the year. So it's the most identifiable jersey in sports. It's dumb. It's perfect. The worst jersey is a white jersey. It's the Giants when they wear it with the gray pants. That's stupid. It's awful. Yeah, why would you do that? Just wear all the white, like the all-white look. I don't know why the numbers are red. Like their jersey, that one has no blue on it. They're big blue. Like there's like there's literally when they wear that jersey and the pants, there's no blue on the whole ensemble. Uh, agree. Uh, who is the best helmet? Cowboys. No. Incorrect. It's the Eagles. Cowboys uh, helmet's beautiful. But also, I think we both like the Giants. When they do the, the Giants. The block Giants. Yeah, yeah, not the NY. Go back um, to that. I would love to see that. You know what I mean? And I like the the darker blue. You know, I, I don't like this, like, the royal blue is kind of two Cowboys blue. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like the, like, navy, navy blue that they used to have. Okay. Go, go navy blue helmets with gi- block Giants and white face masks. The, why, why do you want gray? Like, it's dull. Like, if you have color, it looks dull. Okay. Uh yeah, that it. Anything else? Any other awards you want to make up at the last moment? Um, I could give myself an award, but I won't because I'm a bigger person than that, both figuratively and literally. Uh, I do have a question for you. Do you like board games, RJ? I love board games. Have you ever played Betrayal at House on the Hill? I've never even heard of this. This is one of those like unique board games that people who have like a bookshelf of board games have. Maybe I played it last night with some friends. It was really fun. Um, it's like a board game where uh you kind of invent the game as it goes a little bit like there's set rules to be clear but like it's not like one board game and you have these pieces and you move them all around like monopoly it's like the board game gets set up through kind of things you're exploring and events and then the actual like plot of the game doesn't start until a little bit into it it's called like the haunt and then there's different kind of haunt scenarios that you have to uh, navigate slash traverse and usually it ends up being like one player who caused the haunt versus all the other players who are then kind of like the protagonist um so it was a lot of fun it was interesting and i want to play it more in the future so uh if you play that game you can also tweet at us and let me know if you think it's good if it's any fun and if rj should play it because i think i think you would actually like it i did finish a game finally um as we wrap up i finished spider-man miles morales i know i had told you i was in the process of it so uh, my next PlayStation game is a game that my friend Jimmy has been recommending to me for a long time. It's called Jimmy Detroit. Kempsey. No, it's called Detroit. Um, so, how do you feel yeah. about a Detroit style pizza? Have you ever had it? No, um, but I like best pizza to me is you know what? What pizza is stupid? And Here, let's get a like, Texans take on pizza. I want to hear this. Um, I think thin crust pizza is dumb. Oh my that, gosh, that's so stupid to me. Like, why? Like, how like, thin are we talking about, though? Because well, anything, eat... like anything crust. Like, I if I'm eating it, like I'm eating pizza for a reason. Is like, it I'm New not... York style though? Like thin to you? I don't care. I want it like an inch thick. I want lots of cheese. I want lots of dough. I want lots of sauce. I want pepperonis, and I want the crust to be kind of soft, but not too soft. And I want vials of cheese and peppers to put on. And I'm gonna Wild. eat it with a fork and knife. 
in like a science lab over here. Um, yeah, I'm in potions class in, at Hogwarts. Um, uh, what did you want on there? You said peppers and pepperoni. I want pepperoni. That's all I want. If you want to throw some grilled chicken on there? Like I'm okay with it, but I want cheese and pepper. The like the like the pepper flakes to pour. What's on your there. perfect pizza in terms of like toppings? Pepperoni it, and grilled chicken. And, okay. and like garlic, like tiny little garlic, you know, dazzles. Dazzles? Yeah. What's the unit of measurement? What's yours before we leave? It's going to be something like anchovies, sausage, no, coconuts, jelly beans. Coconuts. It's going to be something stupid. What good. is it? All right. Uh, you're not very funny. or you're, you're not funny very often, I should say. Um, well, the other thing applied to, but that was good. They got me. That was good. Coconuts. Uh, <laughs> geez. Are you trying to like say like Hawaiian pizza there? I, I, didn't, I didn't have I didn't put that much thought into it. So <laughs> um I think a lot of people will tell you that like a cheese pizza or a plain pizza, whatever you want to call it, is like you know the, the kind of the golden standard, like you gotta go with that. To me, pizza isn't pizza if it's not pepperoni. You just need pepperoni on it. I think other things can be fun. I think a buffalo chicken pizza is like its own experience. That can't just be like a general topping to me. It can't, it's not an all the time thing. It's, it's an occasion. It's it's a great when you get it right too, but um, but yeah, I love pizza. I can talk about pizza all day. But actual no last cares. question, actual last question on the subject of pizza, um, who is the best Ninja Turtle, and why? Oh man, I need the answer is Donatello to Just... research this. I because I, I don't like off the top of my head. I honestly can't tell you who's who. Um, okay, pick the color of the bandana. I can't like I have to look at him to really think. So who's the one with the stick? That's Donatello. Wow. Okay. Mm. Wow. Wow. He copied my Thursday take no. and he's copying my Ninja Turtle. Wow. That's not what I'm saying. It's called I'm a not... staff, by the way, not a stick. A stick, you know. Uh, that's not why I was saying him. I think I don't want that. I. You ever played the arcade game? That's the reason I asked you this, because okay. on the subject of PlayStation games, they're launching it. I don't know when, but like it's going to be accessible on PlayStation. So I was really excited about that. I think it's either the the guy with the like the, the pronged uh weapons i forget Raphael, maybe him or the guy with the sword <laughs> leonardo this is so disrespectful i'm really upset right now what's wow. the other guy have the, the nunchucks oh the nunchucks those are cool too um tough uh i think it has to be the sword guy oh but my I'm not gosh sure. so okay we just have to say this. I mean, this is the NFC East mixtape, but... It's not the stick guy. Come on. Um, no, but right now, as we're wrapping up, Aaron Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee show, and everybody saw the cryptic Instagram message. Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, the Tuesday, there will be no news today, that he has made no decision on his future. Oh, well, the uh, the media is just making out a bunch of lies, and, uh, you know, I'm just posting on my Instagram, and, uh, you know, it's not a big deal. Is Aaron Rodgers a Muppet now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was my best uh, attempt. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, thank you all for listening to Volume 45 of the NFC's Mixtape. Shout out to Micah Parsons, not Aaron Rodgers, Donatello, Pepperoni Pizza, and the day Thursday. Uh, BLG, the last 4,973,313 words belong to you. All right. Well, I'm going to... Count all these out very specifically. So this is going to be a long ending to the show. But uh, no, just listen to the SB Nation NFL show. Check out Righteous Fell and Craft Jerky by going to RighteousFell.com. Just going to code BDN15 for 15% off. Go check out Blogging the Boys for Cowboys coverage. Go check out Washington Commanders coverage at Haven. Go check out Giants coverage at Big Blue View. But most importantly, check out Bleeding 
Green Nation for Eagles coverage, which is all you truly care about. Zach Martin went off to play the year. <laughs>